everyone. Welcome to Shine Health Coaching. Today I'm talking here with Daniel Holmes. He's an online fitness coach and he's from Brisbane, Australia. He also competes in bodybuilding as well. So Daniel, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, thanks for having me on. So I guess in short, I'm an online fitness coach. I also do in-person personal training and uh, I compete as well. I compete in bodybuilding comps. So uh, in terms of my fitness life, that's probably the three big uh, things that I would describe myself as. Yeah, cool. All right. So um, one of the things that attracted me to your page is obviously the competing. It's a whole new like world for me. So how many times have you competed mm. in this world? I think, I think about six or seven times, to be honest, um, in a couple of different federations as well. So the first time was probably five years ago where I did a pretty grueling comp prep and somehow won the comp and then that kind of got me addicted. So I kept competing and trying to get, you know, well, what everyone does when they compete, they want to get their pro card. So essentially beat everyone in Australia, you get your pro card, then you compete nas uh, internationally and try to be the best. Yeah. And what, what got you, if you don't mind me asking, like what got you into going down that direction as opposed to like, there's so many different sports. Why were you like body, bodybuilding is the way? Mm. I think, um, well, that's the reason why I got into the gym in the first place is like, well, the reason I got into the gym in the first place is I had a girlfriend that cheated on me and I was like, ah, oh, I need to get back at her. I need to like make her jealous, like some really like young mindset kind of thing. And then just started training, got hooked. And then I had decent genetics. My body started to look pretty good, like in terms of whatever. And I had a guy that was like, oh man, you should compete. And for whatever reason, it was like the plant, the seed planted and um, just decided to do it. And it turned out pretty good. You know what? I've been studying um, that literally today and last night about like mastering your dark side and how a lot of people who go into like a sport or whatever or become successful at business is because they had some kind of emotion that they wanted to kind of like your, your response, like, oh, fine, I'm going to like get back at you. And like, even I think about my life as well. About, I'm like, why am I so driven to do all these things? And I think there's there's moments of those that come from dark side as well. So I think it's it's part of like integration as a human to to integrate those parts. Like you, you know, maybe something bad happens, but you can take something good out of it. And now it's like six years later, you've done all these competitions, and it's yeah. That's interesting. I like that. I never really thought. Is that a book you said you read? Is that what uh, it is? It's Robert Green. Um, he's like, he's like, we have the same personality style. He's INFP Enneagram three. So I really like relate to his work. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he just talks about how, um, yeah, just, um, it was on YouTube, like Lewis Howes and him were doing like an interview about mastering your dark side and that, but it's, it's a common theme. I'm seeing multiple different speakers talking about like, mm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because when you say that, I've, I've tried to understand because as of more recent, I haven't had the hunger to compete. And when I used to compete, I used to get in this real dark space and like channel all this energy, like from my, maybe like a chaotic upbringing or whatever it might be. And as I've got older, I've started to develop myself and become a better human being. I just don't have that much darkness to tap into anymore. So I'm like, maybe, yeah. I know what you mean. I had that. I had that moment as well. I was like, mm, I don't feel like, I feel like when I first started Muay Thai, I was so mm. angry. I was like, I'm so angry at everyone. And it was like kicking things and whatever, just like release that. But then mm. you release that and you're like, oh, okay. And I feel like that's when it flips into like a more altruistic mode of like, oh, I want to help people. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you can only go so far with that. And then it's like, 
you've used up that energy and then from that point you actually kind of see the benefit of like helping people like people come to you like hey can you help me with my gym Mm -hmm. stuff or people tell you they're getting results and then from that actually you find like a good place of like oh i made a difference and then that's that's like a whole new seed that's planted yeah for sure yeah most definitely and it's like anyone that's on a super high level athletically or in some competitive field they usually have always come from some sort of broken or uh, chaotic upbringing and they've figured it out because you can't channel into that for 20 years yeah you've got to find other ways to keep that high level of output so yeah that's interesting yeah Yeah. oh interesting yeah yeah it seems like everyone has this experience um okay so but when you started doing your preps and that what was the actual experience like from going from like doing gym normally and then going into prep because it seems to be from what I'm understanding so far it's like super structured it's like you know like I love to go to the gym and I'm like today I'll do deadlifts Mm. but then it's like you have to train legs that day and then you know and you have to eat that certain amount of food so how did you find yourself like just you know gravitating towards that and liking that structure or did you find it difficult to yeah 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 yeah. well I found it pretty easy at at the start because the results were really incredible so I was like addicted to the results um but then I got a really an online coach who just suffered me so like he had me on no carbs and no fats for two weeks straight and I I did develop this really bad um relationship with food by the end of it I used to google food every night and just look at like food porn and just oh wow eat that and I remember one time in particular it was like three weeks out from comp I'd been 100% and then something just happened in my brain I just switched I went to the movie theater bought a whole thing of popcorn, bought a whole thing of ice cream, just sat in the movies and ate it all. And by the time I was all finished, it just like hit me. I was like, what have I just done? And I walked out of the movies. I was like, no, I've just ruined everything. And I called my coach. I'm like, you have to pull me out. He's like, it's all right. Just chill out. Just chill out. You'll be fine. But that began like this cycle of my relationship with food. Um, Not in a healthy way either. But over time, you, you kind of adjust to it and, like my last, my most recent comp, I have this mindset that I try my best to not even think that I'm in comp prep because yeah. then you, you start to become this person that's in comp prep and everyone, like you associate your whole life with prep. It's like, the, it's just a sport. Like you've got to live as well. Um, you probably would have noticed that when you got into fights as well. Like you probably stayed up at night thinking about how you could have got knocked out and stuff like that. And I definitely feel like I went into tunnel vision. where it's like everything else in your life fades away and you're just focused on that. And then it's like, you can't, like, I remember I had a fight and then I came home, I knocked her out in like the first round. I came home that night and then like cried in bed because Mm. it was kind of like, oh, I actually felt like a disappointment that it was over. And then it was like, well, now what? Like you you have nothing else anymore. So I felt a little bit of that. And um, I think now I'm a lot more focused on like career and stuff. So it's like, I can put that energy into career and yeah. sport whereas if you just put that energy into sport um it's just too yeah it's too one-dimensional but i don't know like i'm hearing so many different opinions on this because it's on one side it's like you, you like if you give everything to a sport you're going to do so well at that sport but then at the same time like yeah like you said like you it just sucks you into this world of like tunnel vision where you're like uh, like for you it would be I'm in comp prep I can't eat like these I can't like and it just starts to like all of your thoughts go all around yeah yeah well this is the thing I'm I'm so solid on my stance on this exact subject because I put tremendous amounts of thought into it and I honestly think when you think about like the what is it like the five key factors of 
living a healthy life, you might it might be friends, health, business, career, family. And if you neglect even two of them in your preps, you're gonna finish, you're gonna knock the person out in the first round and cry because you realize you don't have any friends anymore or you don't have a career anymore. And it's like, you've got to make sure that there's still a priority because you can't really be the top of anything if you're neglecting really important aspects of life. You've got to have a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that I would, um, I feel like sometimes I kind of don't, I'm not aware of my feelings, which is weird considering I'm a very like feeler kind of person, but I'll just be like, that feeling is not important on the pursuit of this goal. But then it's like, it comes up and kind of smacks you in the face. And it's like, I am important. Like I would kind of leave my friends, like not spend time with my friends and just alienate myself from everyone and just focus on studying or going to the gym. And then all of a sudden, like you get smacked in the face with like how lonely you are, you know, because you're like, damn, when was the last time I actually went out and had lunch with someone? When was the last time I actually had, like a conversation with someone that wasn't like work or whatever. And it's just, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah most definitely. And I, it's even funny before we had this podcast, you said, how do you want to, intro- how, how do you want me to introduce you? And it's like, where my, I used to have a really good friend. He was really popular and he actually passed away this year, but he was really known in a sp- the particular field that he worked in. And he always used to say, we're not what we what we do. Yeah. Because everyone will, will say, Oh, you're like, you associate a person with what they do. And it's like, you might know someone who's a very high up in real estate, but he has way more passion for collecting stamps. No one knows about that. But when he looks in the mirror, he looks at himself as a passionate stamp collector. And it's like the same concept for like, you might, people might look at you as a Muay Thai fighter, Muay Thai. And, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> Muay Thai, Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Muay Thai, wow, that sounds so bad in Australia. No, everyone says it. Everyone says Muay Thai, Muay Thai, or um, yeah, don't worry, like you're in the same boat as, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but as you said, you've got, you know, you would look at friendships as another passion or Hmm. career and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you got to have that balance, I think, for sure. Yeah, so what what do you think leads people to, to focus so much on that then? Like, is it just they get they get that validate like society rewards a real estate person whereas they're not going to reward a stamp collector like yeah that would be one thing for sure um it depends on what it is as well like for someone like a competitive a competitor in in some type of sport that could even be within yourself you could fool yourself for a short period of time to believe that you're this thing now because you maybe you got a knockout in the first round or me i got my first combo i got first so you get this heightened sense of accomplishment, like this is me, this is what I'm meant for. Yeah. And you forget, oh, actually, I'm really good at building businesses. I'm really good at managing people. And it's like, oh, I'll deal with that later. Mm. <laughs> I've got this heightened serotonin um, burst from knocking someone out. And it's like, it's really hard to stay centered, like anything. Or you think about when you get in a new relationship and it's like all oh, this heightened stuff. It's like, oh, she, she did mention that she cheated on her ex-boyfriend. It's like, oh, that's all right, that's all right. Yeah. Oh my god, I was like I've been researching this so much like um like character. Like so many people get so focused on like achievements or whatever and then they just totally bypass the character of a person. But it's mm. like at the end of the day, no one like someone is not a they're not their pro card, they're not their fighting status, they're that character of that person and it's just like when push comes to shove, that's who a person really is and I think sometimes I think sometimes sports can be a good way to develop your character. But at the same time, if you start to like neglect other areas of your life and think that that's all you are, 
and you're just like this is my character this is my whatever like I agree with you on that point of like it becomes addictive because you do get that high of like winning and you're like well I'm a winner but it's like yeah but did you spend time with your friend today like if your friend called you right now would you give them the time to to be there for them would you actually listen to them would you be yeah 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 most definitely yeah I think we all get it to some degree um what do you, I was just going to touch on something you just said about that. Um, I completely forget, but but yeah, I think it's that yeah, like that that hit of I've achieved something. It's it's so easy to get absorbed in that, most definitely. Um, but oh, that's what you said. Um, you do like you do with with sporting accomplishments. I'll be delusional to say that I didn't learn a ton about myself or just about so many things by staying disciplined. Like discipline in itself is an incredible thing. Like the ability to say no to things to do something more beneficial down the track is that holds a lot of weight mm-hmm. and um what was I gonna say uh yeah and um in comp prep I learned that big time like because when you think about it like the easy thing realistically would be to do the easy thing so like right now if I feel down I could go do drugs really if I feel horny I could go to a brothel right Everyone can do these extreme things, but you don't want to do that because there's massive repercussions. And it's like well, every human has this desire, like sexually, you want this heightened serotonin rush constantly. Um, life can be boring sometimes. And the, the easy thing is usually the bad thing. So mm-hmm. in Comprep, you learn the easy thing would to be indulge in my uh, sugar addiction, but you can't. And you start to learn repetitively week after week that I can't do the thing that I have desired to do. And you build like this mental toughness. Yeah. And do you think that comes from like, obviously you have an end goal in mind, like you have a reason to say no to eating that junk food. Whereas it's like, you know, like for me, I'm like, ah, pretty, pretty comfortable in my body. I could eat that chocolate and it's, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, because it's like, I'm not getting up on stage and going to be critiqued for my body. So is it like, you've got a, a big why you know what I mean yeah Yeah, it has to be strong it has to be strong like you like for instance you have a massive your end goal is I could die because you can die in a fight yeah so for you to wake up and go I don't want to go to Muay Thai today um (laughs) could have repercussions Mm. and it has to be a really strong why and and for fighters, I think it's like one of the strongest. Like I think fighters and bodybuilders are very similar in the sense you have to diet, train yep. uh, for, a, for a short event. Like realistically, you're only on stage or in a ring for a couple of minutes. Oh, that's the thing. I feel like the things I'm noticing is that in bodybuilding, it's more like structure of like eat the same food, train the same way and just progressive overload, you know what I mean? And like adapt to nutrition and whatnot. Whereas fighting is like you, you could – um, you probably don't even have to eat as specialized as with bodybuilding. Yeah. And it's more like you get in there and you train really hard. Like I think the hard thing about Muay Thai is like surviving the rounds. Like in Muay Thai, we have this right. thing called like shark tank where it's like you're in the middle of the ring and then they have all people on in like around the ring. And then the bell goes off. You have to fight that person. Next bell goes off. You have to fight that person. So it's like, oh, it's all about like pushing yourself to your physical limit. Like how far can you go before, you physically and mentally break down and it's all about like getting like getting you in the corner 
like just beating you up until you break down or something inside you flicks up and you fight back. You know what I mean? Because when you're in the corner in a fight, no one's going to, they're not going to go, oh, I got her in the corner. I'm going to stop now. They're going to just, they're going to go harder. So it's like pushing it to get that, um, you know, that response out of you. But I feel like bodybuilding is more, it's more like there's not that intensity from what I'm aware of, because obviously I've never competed. Um, there's not that intensity of like fight in the corner, go hard. Can you, you know, attack but mm. it's more like every single day do you have the discipline in that moment to say i'm not going to eat that chocolate i'm going to push harder at gym today like and yes. i feel in a way i actually feel that's harder mm. or at least for me it's harder yeah it definitely presents a different challenge especially when you get closer to the comp your calories will be decreasing so by the time you're like three weeks out you're on such low calories your body literally doesn't have the nutrients to support such energy expenditure that you're trying to produce so it's like you're fighting against biology essentially so yeah yeah, a lot of mental toughness has to come in yeah that's why and that's where i don't feel like i i would do good at because i just feel like just eat just eat and like i know on my on like the last week of fight camp we have to do our weight cut so we you know decrease you're pretty much hungry that whole week and then like right before you're weighing you don't eat and you don't hydrate and then you go in the sauna and stuff but that's one week like the rest yeah, of the yeah. time, you just got to stay within a weight range. But also the weight cuts do, your body responds. This is what I noticed, maybe especially for females. But once you do that weight cut, as soon as you come out of it, your body is like, you could gain like five kilos in a weekend. But also like my friend, uh, to be fair, he does love cooking though. <laughs> Cooked me all this food. I, gained, I came back, I was like five kilos heavier. And my coach yeah. looked at me, he was like, what the hell happened? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like a combination of obviously feeling that restriction but also your body is like, all right, let's, let's pack it on. Like, yeah, super common. I know a guy that's put, or it's super common for guys to put on like 11 kilos in two days. Wow. Like, oh, yeah. A lot of it's just water weight, but yes. yeah, it's still a lot of weight. It can be dangerous. It's, it is still scary. Like, and like, yeah. you know, that part of it is water weight, but it's still like, what the hell? Like to get on the scale and everyone kind of looks at you like, what the hell just happened there? I'm like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah someone's indulged yeah exactly um so so we talked a little bit earlier about like um and i did listen to some of your other podcasts and you talked about like steroid use in the industry and whatnot now that's not it's not in the muay thai world uh because everyone wants to stay as lean as they can uh but now i'm in this bodybuilding gym and it's kind of everywhere so what can you kind of open the doorway and tell people a little bit about that because i feel like it's kind of like this hush hush thing unless you're in the like the bodybuilding world right i guess the biggest thing as to why it's so hush hush is one it's illegal so um that's a big thing um but with that being said like there are a lot of people that without having to go into detail that are pretty open about their use or past use i'm pretty open about my past use and stuff but i guess the biggest thing is especially for guys because girls do steroids as well but especially for guys where there's like this you start training with your friends and stuff and you start getting progress and it's easy to, well, you'll usually hit somewhat of a plateau or a perceived plateau and you, you go, what can I do to get past this plateau of gains and uh, body fat? And a lot of people look towards enhancements like steroids and look, the, to be honest, steroids, like if they're used effectively and smart and you know what you're doing, you've done enough research it's not as unhealthy as it may be perceived by especially the media. Um, 
but yeah, like it's it's very a very easy avenue to go down because the results are quite quick and very noticeable. Yeah. Right? But you'll hear a lot of horror stories because some young guy will go, I want results. He'll start smashing a ton of gear. And then he's just completely ruined his hormones, his natural testosterone development, his estrogen levels. Um, because what would usually, without going into it too much, but what would usually happen if you increase your testosterone levels via tests, injecting testosterone, um, your estrogen levels will want to like kind of, your body always likes to stay balanced. So your estrogen levels will try to match that and they'll increase dramatically. So when you come off test, your natural levels go all the way down, but the estrogen stays high. So you're essentially higher in the female hormone and a lot of guys that doesn't res res respond well with them at all. I was going to say, like, I've spoken to some females who've taken steroids and mm. they're, it, I don't think any girl should take, well, this is just my stance. I, you know, much just my opinion. Mm. I don't think any female should take testosterone or anything like that because of the, the physical side effects. Mm. And like, I remember talking to one of my friends and she was quite masculine build. And, mm. and I was like, and then she admitted she took steroids and I was like, ah, yes. Like, yeah you're a female putting more testosterone, your body's going to go more masculine. Like the voice changes, like all of those things. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think it's worth it. The interesting thing is, yeah, the voice goes, it definitely changes. And I think from what I understand or from experience, because I had an ex-girlfriend years ago that did it and the voice kind of goes croaky and it stays like that for life. Yeah. It doesn't go back. Um, yeah. The sides can be pretty, intense yeah well that that's that's what i'm for me personally i wouldn't take steroids just because it's like just admit it you're on them right now no i'm not no I'm no joking. no no <laughs> no but i did because i you did think about that you're like i yeah. looked at all these female competitors and i was like why don't i have a body like them like i train well i do whatever but and it's like i don't have that body and then my friend sat me down and was like because they're on steroids mm. like you're trying to do something that you're a female body cannot do unless you're taking steroids and it's like if you want to go and get that body you have to do that and I was like well I'm not willing to do that but but then I think about it like it's a bit hypocritical because I go and get kicked in the face 10 times in a day you know so we all yeah. have our we all have our things where we're like I'm prepared to do that like I could get knocked out or potentially mm. killed in a fight and I'm like that's fine let's go down that alley you know what I mean yeah. but yeah 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 but then you don't want to be, you don't want to have to double it up. Oh, I could potentially get kicked in the face. Plus I'm altering my hormones. Oh no, God, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think I'm actually going to go back to Muay Thai. I feel like um, I've gone down this like bodybuilding direction and it was like a very curious thing for me of like, what is this world? And, mm. but I feel like I'm definitely a fighter, not a bodybuilder. I would much rather get put in a corner and have to fight my way out than have to eat, never be able to eat chocolate for like eight weeks or something. I'm like, no, give me the chocolate. I'm, I'm all in that direction. That's my. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've started doing a bit of boxing recently. It's um, I did a bit of Muay Thai back in the day, but um, yeah, to fight, to get to the level of like being willing to fight is a whole nother world. Hey. I don't know. I felt like, like I had my first fight after three weeks. I felt like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. It was really bad. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it was a great fight, but I just yeah. like jumped in. And for me, it was like an adrenaline rush. It's like jumping out of an airplane or like, mm. you know what I mean? Like you get that high off it. I guess what you would get that high, you would get off stage, mm. getting on stage. It's that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just never. Yeah. Are you, are you going to fight? 
Uh, I don't think so. It's you know what it is. I'm too. I've done too many body, too much bodybuilding, and it's yes. like I'm noticeably slower. Like it would be silly, and I would have to fight a heavyweight, so like the chance of getting completely knocked out is much more higher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I do not envy the heavyweight fighters. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. I thought that too. Like I got um, quite muscly. Um, what, probably about a year and a half ago, and I noticed I was slower in the ring. So it's like you do have to stay quite lean. But then it's like this is this is what I had the um and ah about. I was like, I want to look this way physically. Like all these female bodybuilders have like these great shapes mm. and that. But then I want to be functionally fit and able to do my sport. And everyone's mm. like, you can't do it. You can't do it. So I think I'm going to take what I've learned from the nutrition aspects and the bodybuilding aspects yeah. that I've been going down this journey for, what, the last six months, and yeah. take that into my Muay Thai and shape my body while I'm still doing my functional training. And I think it'll, I probably will never have like that awesome physique, but I'll at least be, you know, have more awareness and more. Yeah. A little bit more muscle for knocking chicks out. Knocking chicks out. Yes. Um, okay. So I listened to some of your podcasts as well. And you're talking about like limiting beliefs in the fitness industry. Mm. What are some like patterns of beliefs that you see people have when you're training them or even on your journey? Mm. Um, well, the biggest thing is, and I was even a victim of this is like you find in life, a lot of people, and I'm still like this, like we don't trust ourselves or we don't like just say, I, th I, I, I say to myself tomorrow, I'm going to clean my entire house and I yeah. don't do it. And it's like, why the hell would I, think that I'm going to do the things that I say I'm going to do and a lot of people like I like that like we don't actually think that we're going to do the things that we're going to do so when you say I want to achieve this weight or this whatever it's like well, I said that about my house or I said that about you know quitting my job and it's like a lot of people don't actually do the things they say they want to do um, it's only until you actually do and you start to see the results where you're like well maybe I do Maybe I can listen to myself and trust myself. Um, that's a big thing. And yeah, I think that's probably just the biggest. Like it's just actually doing it, getting the results and believing. Committing to your word. I, I've said that a couple, couple times in previous podcasts. Like people just don't show up for themselves. Mm. Like, and it's kind of frustrating to see that when, you you know, you go to the gym and you're waiting for them and they don't turn up or you you know, you go and do, like I started doing improv classes with my friend because she wants to be a comedian. And then she stopped showing up after the first session. But oh, I'm committed for the next like eight weeks because we paid for the course. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing improv now. Obviously I wanted to be better at podcasts and speaking and whatnot, but it just, it's like. Where yeah, do you still do that? Sorry? Do you do that still? The yeah, improv? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to come. Uh, it's on Monday nights, but obviously we're in lockdown now. So yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you the link to the um to the yep. thing. But it, it heaps. It heaps of fun. I find it really difficult because I'm very like logical. Like oh, yeah. like very like this answer would mean this outcome. But in improv, there's no flow. Yeah. There's no like causation. It's like you could say one thing. It like you could say I'm on a boat, and then like in the jungle, and you're like, what the hell? But you have to go with it. And I'm like, how am I supposed to do this? That doesn't make any logical sense to me. And it's like my brain just freezes. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. But I think it's good. I think it's good for creativity and mm. to not be like so black and white thinking as well. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So just people not being true to their word to themselves. So what do you think when they're saying this, you know, they say, I'm going to get fit. Because obviously in that moment, they're like, I'm going to mm. be fit. Like they, 
they feel it at that moment so what is what is it that changes from that moment where they're like i'm gonna make this happen and then woof, is it just like hit that resistance and it's just too much or it's hard because it's also hard to know what like you think about people that you've known even a couple of years you don't really know what goes on inside their head and yeah. the, like the big couple of indicators i always say is well, i don't say it, but i always know is someone that comes in like way under enthusiastic they're not going to get results and someone that's super enthusiastic they never get results either because they're just this that's the type of person that they just run off moments of motivation like mm-hmm. yeah what they believed then and there was true but when they went home that motivation came down and they never last more than a couple of weeks because they're just too much like this and my sister's like that i say it all the time you gotta like she's either up here or down here i'm like just even it out a bit even it out mm-hmm. Um, okay I definitely think I was one of those people who was like just right I was like motivation yeah and I go and get stuff done um, effective in that moment of motivation but yeah one of the things like now that you talk about it that I'm learning to do is be like I know I don't feel like doing it but this is the to-do list checklist for today you've just got to do it but sometimes it does feel a bit monotonous of like ah just checking those boxes so exciting like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like but like the, you'll you'll find like the way you conduct yourself in one thing is usually how you conduct yourself in most things. Yeah, right? I agree. And yeah, and I've even been like just I've been so obsessed with like the relationship between like a girl and a guy or a girl and a girl like in a partnership like a relationship, and it's like the way that people usually show up in a relationship is like how they do in life. Like, do you are you the type of partner that only goes off that heightened emotion of the initial stage of the relationship? um just just any i guess any situation and it's like it's usually reflects in other aspects in their business and their friendships yes i agree i'm always like why would you ever like like commit if someone can't commit to themselves why would they ever commit to you yeah you know what i mean like they can't even do that for themselves they can't even show up for themselves how are they ever going to be able to do that for the people around them and it's just because it's a it's a character flaw. like it's so hard in life to even change yourself and become the person you want to be let alone you know yeah and not to mention like the way that people date in this day and age it sounds like i sound like an old person but it's true like there it's much uh i don't know like the idea of games and like trying to do things like do things unnaturally to get a certain response is so common yeah all the like dating coaches are like just ignore them and then everyone ignores them and then no one ever talks and it's just like yeah it's actually crazy some of the advice like influencers are giving um at them these days it's really messed up yeah i know i was thinking that as it's amazing like there's so much information out there in the world but it's like not all of it's good information and it's kind of like it's so easy to get sucked into like one culture but that culture could be totally yeah, like this, the dating culture, the influencer culture, like all of those have consequences that we're not even aware of because it's a new thing. Like yeah. we're in a new generation. This I was totally studying this, ironically, last night as well, um, talking about different generations. So for, for every timeline, there's four different um, groups of people alive. Uh, and there's like the um, crisis generation, the generation that wants to keep it as it is. So they're very like keep conservative. And then there's like the... Um, revolutionary generation and then there's another one i can't remember but but every single generation kind of cycles through and bounces off the last generation so if your parents are super conservative the next generation is going to be like crisis so they're like we hate this like think about 
it was like the 1950s and everyone was like masculine and feminine roles. And then the 1960s came and everyone was like, well, I think it was the 60s or 70s. Everyone was like, burn my bra because, mm. because they didn't like that structure anymore. So it's like, that's the thing. All of this information is coming up new and it's cycling through, but we don't have any real long-term study of like the consequences of this like all like internet is new so now we have all these people who are like oh this is how you should date this is how you do that but you look at it and a lot of it's toxic because it's people who are unable who haven't grown as people going out and giving advice that's damaging an entire generation and then um I don't know if you follow like Esther Perel or whatever she's a relationship coach and that and she talks about how um like this generation is kind of like well, you're a shark, so I'll be a shark. And then everyone's just sharks. And then everyone's all like, no one's actually happy or whatever because of the the damage that that is doing. Yeah, we're definitely in a weird spot right now. It's so funny. Do you ever watch like, get a glimpse of like a movie from the 1950s? It's like, what is going on? Like the the guys towards the women is just savage. Like a guy could just they- slap a woman. Oh my god, yes, it's so bad. And they're like, Oh, I really want a traditional relationship. I'm like, the traditional relationship, they would beat you up. Like yeah. you didn't have dinner on the table. Like, why yeah. would you want like yeah? So I do believe like we're changing like that's why we've made that change. Like I shared that on my Instagram like yesterday. I don't know if you saw it about like women should be like um take care of themselves like financially and whatnot, because the the biggest age group of homelessness is women age 51. Because right. like you know what I mean? And like women have higher medical costs, women have all of this stuff and they're just getting left for dead. And so mm. it's like, that's why we made that change. That's why we made that. So women have that, yeah. you know, freedom and opportunity and not relying on someone else to give that to them. Cause that's super disempowering. Plus now women can, you know, go out and find worth in other things rather than just like, I'm going to make the table or whatever. Yeah. My <laughs> It's funny, my mum's side is Macedonian and it was it's like common for Macedonian traditional women to um, wash the man's feet under the table while he's eating dinner. What the hell? I know, it's insane. My and, mom's and- like, fe- well, my mom's not like feminist, but she's very like, I feel like my mom was the head of the household. She, oh, really? sat, she did, she sat at the table, like the, the head of the table and was like, but now I feel like my parents are quite balanced, but like the idea of like washing someone's feet when they came home i'm way too feminist i would like throw it at the wall i'd be like no it gets worse no. um, one of my one of my friends who was macedonian as well he said yeah you should wash his feet under the table and drink the water like i'm gonna drink the water what the hell yeah. why just like show respect see see respect that's not yeah. respect that's, I know it's that's not. disrespectful it's to the woman what the hell see, see this is what's gone wrong the power dynamic is all out and it's just damaging it's this is why women have gone out and done that to make a healthier power dynamic because i'm sorry i don't think it's healthy to drink the feet water of someone what the hell yeah it's insane so that's like old school macedonian tradition but yeah it's obviously not like that in mainstream wow um, yeah crazy hey damn okay so uh anyway nutrition plans (laughs) that escalation we're like macedonia coach um okay so yeah so how did you stick to that nutrition plan and like from comp one Mm. did you find like you were kind of all over the place and then comp two you got a little bit better and then comp three you got a little bit better like what was the I did. I found that the comp process was better, but the aftermath was always the same. I can't avoid it no matter what I do. I've even competed early this year and I thought I was okay, but I still can't fight the post-comp 
blues. I don't know what you would call it, but that motivation is just barely trained for months as well. It always lasts like three months. We barely yeah. train, barely eat. Um, is it is it because you've done so much of it that you kind of hate it afterwards? Sort of. I'm personally like everyone knows me as a guy that only trains for thirty minutes. Like I get it done, but. I try to dissociate myself from fitness as much as possible, even though it's the industry that I work in. Yeah. Uh, because you can, you can, you can become resent, resent, uh, have a bit of bitterness or resentfulness towards it. That's like anything in life, I think. Um, but that's just what I have to do. A lot of people aren't like that. But yeah, yeah. In terms of like sticking to it and stuff, like it's just one of them things. Like for me, I just have to make the switch in my head. Like that isn't an option right now. Boom, there's put an invisible wall up. And then just go through. I know it's annoying to say because you know you tell people like, "How do you quit cigarettes?" And it's just like you just have to do it, but you kind of just do have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, interesting. Mm. Would you would you consider yourself a more like logical person, or do you feel follow yeah. your feelings more? No, I'm very logical. I've always been told that. Mm, okay, because this is what I've been I've been assessing like different personality types, and I feel like the logical people are the people who are way better at business and at like just getting results in life because they assess the world logically. And so they're like, well, it makes logical sense to do this, to get that result. Whereas a feeler is like, do I feel like doing this? Like we have to go through the hurdle of our feelings to kind of assess if, if we want to do it, but it's like, once we're emotionally engaged, we like go hard on it, but it's also that can flip as well. Like they say, you shouldn't have like emotions in, in, in workplace. Like you should, you know what I mean? Like you keep that very logical. Mm -hmm. And as from a feeler perspective, I was like, no, I do everything with my feelings. But then it's like, yeah, maybe that's why you find it difficult to say no to the chocolate because you're like, yeah. yeah, the feelings. like. Yeah. But with that said, do you find, I feel like females are more feeling, they're more in touch with feelings or more intuitive or something. There's, do, you, do you find that? Like, I just feel like girls have more better intuition. and stuff. These are we, like there's, there's benefits of every like type of going. So like the, the logical thinking kind of mindset very good at just getting and get it done, very good at organising structures, just good like that. But it can sometimes be at the detriment of being able to, like, connect with people. So, for example, like, feelers or at least my personality type are very good at, like, looking at people, understanding people and being able to make people feel safe, make them feel comfortable and mm. and kind of create a space for people to be able to open up and, and to have clear communication and and to get through that stuff. Whereas sometimes a logical person would be like, ew, I don't have time for that, whatever. And it can alienate people. And it can kind of sometimes create, like if you look at uh, like masculine environments, sometimes men are kind of like attacking each other because they don't have any of that integrated feminine. And so they're very much just like, no one's being honest with each other. No one's whatever. And they're just butting heads and at war, you know what I mean? But also if you go the direction where it's too much of the feeler energy, then everyone's not being honest either because no one wants to hurt each other's feelings. So they're like, you look great in that dress. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like every person or every environment needs to integrate both their logical side and their feeling side. That's why I went into integrating my logical side because I was like, I'm such a feeler. If I integrated my logical side, then I would be able to, yes, empathize and and connect with people and help them through these things. But I'd have the mindset to be able to build a structure and a business and do all of that stuff correctly without being swayed yeah, most definitely. But do you find, do you feel like fem- like literally just in terms of gender, like females are naturally or just from day dot more feeler types? 
Uh, yes, because testosterone makes you more aggressive and it's just a totally different, like weird, just different makeup. And like, mm. I didn't want to admit that at first because I was very much like, women and men are the same, we can do it, but we're not. Like, and there's a benefit of masculine energy and whatever, and there's a benefit of female energy. And women are more agreeable. Mm. Women are more empathetic. Women are more intuitive. Like they say women's intuition. Like as women, as women, like, and I've talked about this with my friends, we can smell a man's intentions. Like we can smell like literally people's like sense and smell who a person's character is just yeah. by like being around them. Whereas men, I don't think necessarily, well, they can, but just not to that extent. And that's why that like whole women's intuition comes from, because we're more attuned to that. But the, the, the downside of that is that makes women more likely to be like, kind of like taken advantage of because they're more agreeable, which is like, mm. don't too many women are too agreeable. Yeah, I agree. For sure. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's funny with the scent thing, like it used to be like, oh, is that legit? But now it's like there's proper studies done on it. Like it's a real thing. Oh yeah. And I talked, I talked to my friends about this. I was like, do you ever meet someone and you just like, you get like a gut feeling and you're whatever. And they're, they're, all of them have said the same. But when I talked to a guy about it, they're like, a what? A gut, what? No, <laughs> I'm like, I, I live by that. That gut feeling is everything, especially when it comes to meeting people. Anytime yeah. I've had a gut feeling, I think when you meet someone, I think it's like, humans are probably smarter than what we think we are. Like when you meet someone, you kind of do all these millions of assessments in your brain without even realizing you come with a little conclusion. But then when you start to meet them and talk to them and then emotions get involved, you kind of, ah, it didn't really matter. Yes, but yes. that initial observation is always Correct. spot on. Yeah, I know. I know. I was thinking that you're like, damn it. And then, and then people blame themselves and they're like, damn, why did I overlook all of these things? And it's hmm. yeah. Humans no, we know, we know from the start um yeah i didn't yeah. know he was toxic you knew you knew yeah, yeah exactly and that's why people need to take responsibility for that because it's like yeah yeah you you we're pretty good at picking up things and yeah but so oh, no, some some things are taken by surprise i feel like you haven't developed like i definitely know when i was like younger i wouldn't have been able to look in walk into an environment and be like this is a toxic workplace or whatever now i could work and in, walk into a workplace and be like this is a toxic workplace because i recognize the patterns of behavior that are not good or yeah. i've been in that experience so i think some of it is just like just yeah. literally not having the experience but then once yeah. you have that experience and you knowingly go into a, like a work environment or whatever environment and it's not good that's that's on you <laughs> like yeah, yeah i just just on that subject real quickly like i've because I'm self-employed, but recently I have done PT manager role and I've done that in the past as well at a few gyms and it's it's really hard to be an employee. <laughs> it's so hard because you have this hierarchy of managers above managers and this weird, like, it's this weird structure. And if you don't have really cool people, and the thing is about human beings, most people, or not most, but a lot of people are dickheads. It's just what it is. Oh, my God, yeah. So I've gone into different gyms, like, recently and, like, looked at all the cultures. And I would say out of, like, I think it was, like, seven or eight gyms that I've been to, I would only classify two of them as effective, mm. effective environments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's usually because, and it sounds like cliche, or you're you're labeling someone, but most people in managers' positions are usually I don't know what you would say, but maybe I'm not going to say they got bullied, but they like this idea of being able to tell people what to do, and if they do that in a disrespectful way over time, it can really fuck you up if you have to work under them. 
And it's like this thing where like, if I speak up, I could get fired, blah, blah, blah. And it's just this toxic environment. It's, it can be hard. Yes. I, okay. I was studying this last night as well. I feel like it's like weird timing. Okay. But like literally, um, if you go into a culture, the culture is set by whoever is the alpha or whoever is the owner of the business or whatever. But if the person who's who's leading that culture is not, you know, properly integrated in like being able to empathize with people or whatever, they have whatever character flaw they have, that's going to ripple through the entire culture and everyone underneath them is going to be miserable and people are going to have a high turnover of employees, you're going to have high turnover of like people leaving the gym or whatever. And it's yeah. like, I've, I've definitely been in like work environments before where the, like the coaches or the leaders were good, but they weren't like 10 out of 10 good. Mm. And it's like that one little character flaw or whatever, like you just watch it ripple through the entire gym. Yeah. and the effects on everyone and the unhappiness and whatever but you're right like in an environment like that no one can actually no one has the guts to speak up because yeah. generally there's a lot of ego involved and like that person doesn't want to hear it yeah exactly yeah it's funny just real quickly i'll tell a real quick story on this exact subject but i've been pt manager twice at two different gyms and both gyms at a three-month probation i got fired and it was that exact idea. So the club manager, who, like you said, is the one who creates the culture, is the alpha. When I, when I got into both roles, they said, good luck. There's been so many of you. And in my head, I go, it's all right. I'm different. Yeah. I'll figure it out. And both times, my thing is, if you treat me, especially in a work environment, really disrespectfully, I'm just going to like raise my concern in a respectful yeah. way. And if someone's the alpha of the gym or the alpha of that situation, they don't like somebody questioning their, their way of being, especially if they've been doing that thing for years. Yeah. And they are the ones that kind of dictate whether you stay in the role or not. And if they have someone come in like me that questioned their authority. Yeah. Yes, yes exactly. And that, that's exactly like what I was like researching. I was like, can you change that? But mm. it's like the culture is bigger than you like stronger than you so it's like the only thing you can do is just accept it for what it is and just really? and just and just leave like just get yeah. out and just be like go find like another gym but it's like this is why i feel like leaders um or you know people who, who are in like higher roles or whatever need to do character development because if they don't then they don't notice it but the entire yeah. environment around them does yeah they don't at all and uh, th this one specific particular conversation I had with, had with this guy I said hey man I don't like how you're speaking to me it's pretty disrespectful and he said Daniel I've been in this role for five years no one's ever said that to me so he has it in his head that it's not because no one else has had the balls to say hey this is disrespectful yeah and and that, that, that same thing like think about when you if you meet like a 45 year old person who's been conducting their life in a particular way for 45 years you can't change that person Yes. Like you've got to pull yourself up before you're probably 35. <laughs> Otherwise, you're pretty set. It's going to be a lot harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been I've been thinking a lot about that. And it's kind of like, yeah, you just have to like accept, accept it for what it is. That's why I like have been studying so much about this stuff in my 20s because I'm like terrified that I'm going to hit a certain age and just be that way. Mm. And it's like like the the more the quicker you get it under wrap yeah. and fix it then the the more time you have to like train that habit and that personality into yourself and obviously it's going to have like compounding results in your life but it's like yeah like it, it's much harder and i say this in health health and fitness too like it's much harder if you're 40 and you've eaten 
bad all your life and drank alcohol every night and then you want to turn around and get a six pack like you have to undo years of behavior years of conditioning of who you are Mm. and when you're kind of already set like those neural pathways are set yeah it's almost impossible almost impossible and i'm also pretty obsessed with this idea because i my parents are both in like they're pretty much schizophrenic psycho uh, um schizophrenic and I sometimes will see something I do that resembles something they would have done. And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, quick fix that. Yeah. And I'm always in this, in this state of like trying to fix little errors and ways of being. I think you have to be like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're all, yeah, we're all, we're all trying to do that. Like, and that coming back to that, like, generational thing, like, if you see that, generally the next generation wants to like rebel from that you're like oh god like i don't want to be like that like my family is like out in the farm that's the way and i'm like that sucks goodbye like i'm off to brisbane you know so it's yeah you want to rebel against that yeah definitely for sure now the next generation will be tiktok stars yeah definitely definitely yep you know Um, what i actually don't mind the tiktok thing but i think it's like a new way of people expressing their individuality like, think about it now. Like, you can be a 14-year-old kid and make a million dollars just by filming yourself at home. That's never been a thing before. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it as well because it's allowing different people to voice their views. So yeah. even if those views have no real base, yeah. it's still getting the conversation going. You know, yeah. it's still people are like, oh, I saw this and I thought about this. And then it kind of, yeah, just gets a conversation going, which is like, I think is good rather than just having, like, one way of, like, this is the way it has to be. And then everyone who's outside of that has to try and merge into that culture when that's not really who they are. So I feel like this generation probably has a lot more freedom, like Mm. to be themselves. But with that also comes the confusion of like figuring that out. I think think naturally humans will just filter it out and figure it out. I feel like the direction we're going is the direction that we were going to go regardless. It seems like, because to get to any position of, the next level you have to go through a bunch of shit i think the next level for human beings let's say even fifty thousand years down the road there won't be females and males that's why we're having this weird thing at the moment it'll mm. just be one species we'll just mm. be one will be a human we'll probably be just a computer or consciousness uploaded to it. <laughs> we'll just be like these robots these robotic yeah. bodies just like walking around like honestly even if we get to fifty thousand years down the track we will not be even a glimpse of what we are now yeah, if we survive it, considering yeah. apparently like the world's gonna like implode in like twenty years from all the trash we've put in it, like yeah, I know. I'm like, thank you, older generations. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for leaving that for us. <laughs> um, okay, so um, yeah, is that what tips would you have? Like, if you have like three tips for people who are like just starting their bodybuilding journey, or just yeah, what tips would you have for them? Uh, the first one is always the most important, which is, I think we spoke about briefly, was the why. So why are you even doing it? Why are you walking into the gym? Why are you starting the diet plan? Is it long-term, short-term? Is it vanity? Um, even if it is for a superficial reason, try to use that as an initial motivator and then figure out the big long-term goal later. Yeah. So that'd be the biggest yeah. one. The second one is try not to get too confused with all the mis leading information online don't overcomplicate the process keep it simple eat clean train smart hard get a pt or online coach myself um and maybe the third one for guys don't do steroids 
Don't do steroids at least for five years. Train, learn how to train, understand your body. Do a bit of research into what the hell you, you're walking around in. Learn yeah, some okay. names of muscles. Just understand it a bit more. Um, understand what happens when you eat certain types of foods and stuff like that. Yeah. They're probably the main things, I think. Yeah. And on the, on the steroids thing, I think even from like a, an emotional perspective, I feel like it's so much better to know that you won because you did that rather than like if you win and then the back of your head, you're probably always going to be like, the steroids did that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like part of the joy of winning is knowing that you did that. So it's like you're almost, you want to get there, but you're stealing the actual prize when you get there. So that's yeah. my thoughts, but yeah. Yeah. And to be, and the other end of it, which is steroids are usually on it for 10 or eight to 10 weeks. And then when you come off, you, there's a whole nother world that you have to juggle. Your hormones are just going to be like this. And a lot of people, they'll do their first cycle and they'll never train again because they've just gone through the lowest of lows post cycle. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, cool. yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that you talked about it openly because I feel like it's not, no one really wants to talk about mm-hmm. that. So like, I, yeah, I really appreciate that you said that and, and opened up about that on my podcast. So yeah, thanks for Pleasure that. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right. So what I'll do is I'll log, I'll put your Instagram in the link. Um, is there any, do you have a website or anything people can contact you on? Yeah, so my Instagram is underscore Daniel Holmes underscore and then websites danielholmesfitness.com. That's about it. All right, sick. All right, everyone, we will leave it there and we'll see you on the next podcast. Amazing.